We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Lauren Saunders business mentor and coach. Lauren attended University for Visual Arts and Teaching and started a teaching career in Australia. When she came back home to Toronto, she struggled to find work and started thinking about other options. Having seen a friend build a successful business doing eyelash extensions, she decided to try it out as a side business. Lauren fell in love with being a business owner and the business quickly took off. She quit her part-time teaching gig and focused on growing her business teaching others how to build a similar business, and then expanding out to coaching and guiding online entrepreneurs. She also hosts the podcast, The Aligned Entrepreneur. Lauren is a prime example of a creative who overcame her limiting beliefs to find a way to be of service while also building a life she loves. She believes if you come from a place of abundance, being of service, and believing in yourself, you will connect with the right people and find your way. She teaches entrepreneurs to first find what their areas of competence are so they can show up with confidence and then figure out a way to offer that in a way that people need in order to create a thriving business for yourself. Now, let's get better together. Lauren Saunders, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, You know, I know a lot of teachers or former teachers. Um, and you, uh, are one of those that, yep. uh, like to teach people and then decided, uh, there's probably more to life than this. Um, <laughs> one of my good friends, Jay Thorne, um, who's this, I didn't even know how famous an author he was. I just know him. Right. He's like this fantasy dystopian author. I never knew this. He had been a teacher for like 25, 35 years and then decided, wow. Oh, I'm going to go launch off on my own little thing. And so yeah. now he's, you know, he's actually teaching other teachers how to retire, which shocking cool. since 
he's like my age, like he's not ready to retire yet, but uh, we'll talk more about that and how you're, you know, you're, you're coaching and kind of helping how you help online entrepreneurs a, a little later on. But um, before we get that, do that, as I like to say, why don't you uh, tell me and everyone else how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah. So my name is Lauren Saunders. I am a business mentor. I live and work in Toronto, Canada. And uh, as you said, I used to be a actually a high school art teacher. And um, so what I'm doing today is not at all what I <laughs> imagined for myself. And um, I, okay, what's like the nutshell version of this story? So I went to school for, um, <laughs> it probably won't end up being that nutshell, but we'll try. Um, I went to school for uh, visual arts and then teaching. And after university, I moved to Australia for a few years and I taught there. And then when I came home, this was in, uh, oh man, what year was it? Like 2017, I think. I came home in the beginning of 2017. I started applying for teaching jobs here in Toronto and just really had a hard time finding full-time work. But there was also this part of me, this sort of like intuitive pull or just this like feeling of like, is this, if I'm lucky enough to get a full-time job here in Toronto, is this it? Like, is this what I'm doing with my life for the next 40 years? And I have the utmost of respect for teachers, but for me, I've always thrived on possibility and potential and not knowing where my life is going to be in the next few years. I think that's why I went to Australia in the first place. I just wasn't ready to you know, <laughs> basically set things in stone for myself. So I was applying for teaching jobs all the while having this feeling of like, there's got to be something more for me, more possibility. I'm very like financially driven. Freedom is a huge thing for me, but I never considered myself an entrepreneur at all. Um, I had lots of limiting beliefs behind, you know, what kind of life was available to me. And uh, so I got a part-time job in Toronto and because I couldn't get full-time work, I leaned into an idea that I'd had um, when I was living in Australia. I had a friend of mine who had a successful business doing eyelash extensions. And I have no history in aesthetics, but I do have a history in visual arts. And she'd been really successful and I'm good with anything fine detail. And I thought, I'm going to get certified in this and just kind of, you know, see a few clients a week out of my my living room at the time and just, you know, make a little bit of extra money so that I don't have to have a second part-time job. And so that's what I did. And within about two months, what was intended to be a couple hundred dollars a week extra turned into a full-time clientele. And, um, while I, you know, was not married to the idea of doing lashes forever, I, it showed me that I could make good money doing my own thing, making, you know, my own hours working with who I wanted to work with. I just fell in love with being a business owner. And so flash forward um, a couple of years, I left teaching. I was, my full-time income was coming from doing lashes and I decided to start an online business as a business coach because I just love all things you know, creativity and talking to people about their dreams. And at that point, I'd gotten really into self-development, mindset, manifestation. Um, and so the long story short is I started actually in the beginning helping other lash artists with their businesses. I created an online community and course that was four weeks long. It taught people the marketing, the social media, the mindset side of things, building confidence in your skill. And that just really blew up for me. Um, and I was able to retire my clientele flash forward another year and a half or so. And now I exclusively help other coaches and course creators to take their skills and turn them into 
um, online sources of, of income. So yeah, I mean, there was lots of bumpiness. There, there's still bumpiness as I'm sure you're sure. aware. Oh, <laughs> the zig and zag is real, Oh right? yeah, yeah. It's all the time, but, um, it has been a very successful business for me and I love it. And I can't believe this is what I get to do. And, uh, I make a lot more money than I ever would have as a teacher. And I just have that freedom that I, you know, imagined for myself, but didn't actually know was available to me. Wow. Oh man, that, that's, <laughs> that I don't was know where to be. Version. Well, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> N- not, not that it's, it, well, it's, it's super interesting because like you take this drive or this, you know, what I always like to say, you, you got this like fire in your belly, right. And you kind of mm-hmm. don't know why it's there. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs or at least a lot of younger entrepreneurs that I know, they have this inkling that they want to do something more with their life. They they want to have the freedom. As you mentioned, that's a big thing for me too. The reason why yep. I do the entrepreneur gig is like, I'm literally unemployable. I'm a hard person <laughs> to manage. You know, I like, I'm just unemployable, but to my clients, you know, when I do you know, PR and marketing and storytelling to them, of course, I'm an awesome guy, but like, I, I love freedom because the creativity part that what you just brought yeah. up so important to me. So how, how is a trained artist, um, did, does that creativity manifest itself oh, in, yeah. in your business? Because there's this fine line, I think, between the creation and then the execution. And in, in other terms, it's sort of like the exploration and the kind of, I hate the word, but it, mm. it rhymes, the exploitation of what you know. How, how do you manage and balance that? Mm, that's a great question. Well, it's funny because, um, Growing up, I always heard the belief that, you know, artists don't make money, um, right. that if you're going to be a creative, you're going to have a life of struggle. I've had the opposite experience where the things that I've made the most money at are the things that utilize my abilities as an artist and my creativity. And this business is no exception to that. I think that it comes through in literally everything that I do. And in terms of what you're saying about um exploitation of it, which I, I I know exactly what you mean. It's not exactly, it, it is utilizing those skills to make money. Yeah. 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 For me, exactly. I guess I don't see it that way. The way I see it is like simply by sharing the things, creating and then sharing the things that I'm excited about and passionate about. And that is, you know, the, the programs and courses, but even just the free content, the, I have a podcast myself. Um, the posts on social media, all of that is me being creative. Simply by sharing those things, I'm able to really have an impact on other people's lives. And so it's not so much to me, it's like money comes, yes, because of those, those, you know, creative assets that I have, but it's, it comes actually because those creative assets are helping people. And when you help people, you get compensated for it. So long as you have a belief system around that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You can't exploit for sure. I mean, I yeah. know it's weird like to use the word exploit of, Oh, I've learned a bunch of things. Now I'm going to go I, maybe practice the craft. Well, we'll call it practice. Exploit is a bad word. I agree. <laughs> um, but you know, the practicing the craft of creativity and, and actually I think entrepreneurship is a lot I'm sorry, entrepreneurship is a lot more creative than most people may think because oh yeah, when you create something from nothing, like an artist, I mean, I always feel we're the artists of the business world. Yep. I mean, not not a lot of business people would like do what you did. <laughs> like, are you insane? I'm gonna what? Hello, huh? You know, but <laughs> now look, now look at you because again, it's I think these examples of people that are not quote unquote, normally business people 
you know, going off and pursuing a dream. But more importantly, I think you're right. This whole idea of service is super important. And it has been part of my ethos for a long time that if you help people, then it'll come back in, in, in great and brilliant ways, even if you're, you know, not necessarily going to quote unquote, make money at it or whatever. But of course we all have to eat. So that's the balance, I think, right? It's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious on your sort of thoughts on the whole, like what you give away and what you don't mm. give away because the, the right. tension I've seen in this and Brian Clark from copy bloggers, like the best example of this, like this is way back in the day, like I'm dating myself, but his whole thing was give away your best stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could yeah. never understand that until I started giving away my best stuff. <laughs> so what, any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. This is one that comes up all the time because I help, um, I do a lot of like free training events and I help my clients do the same thing and you do the free training or create the the free content and then let people know how it is that they can work with you. Right. And so it's a question that comes up all the time is like, how much do I give them so that I'm not just giving away the whole course or program or service. Right. And my belief about it, and certainly what I have experienced in my business is like, the more that I show up for people who don't have anything invested in terms of the money, the more that they want to work with me because this is how you stand out. There's a million and one people giving away free stuff out there, but how much of it is like a, it's a hook more than anything else. How many, you know, free trainings or ads have you come across where someone's promising you something, but they never actually deliver on it because they're really just trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. And so I give away all kinds of free stuff. And then it's just a belief that because of that, because of that, like coming from a place of abundance with it and serving that the right people are going to be so, you know, um, so enamored with it or so feel so served in that, that they're going to want to work with me. And that is definitely who has come in um, to my business over and over again. Um, So I think that it's like, I'm again, all about like energy And so when you're coming from a place of like giving and abundance and as opposed to lack and and scarcity and fear, like you're going to get just who it is that you're being. Right. So, Oh, um, that's actually a really good point. You you will attract those to you that how you are. So if you are exactly energetic and of service, then generally the, I mean, that's actually a really good point. I never thought of it that way because I read, I don't remember who wrote, said this, but what they were talking about classes, like free seminars or whatever. And again, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs use this, not only in your business, but even in hardware and software, like, you know, product based because really it's an educational process. So if you're going to use this fancy dancy new tool, right, right. There's always these silly new tools everywhere, right? You got to teach people what, what, why do I care? I always say, yeah, why should I care? Right. Um, but I think it was the click funnels guy. To, to your point about sales funnels yep. and, you know, and I think his, his, he, he was the one that said, teach them the strategy, but don't give away your tactics. And I always found that to be like a very interesting way to do it because strategy, right. Is the overarching big idea. He, he calls it the big domino. Like what's the big domino. And I call it the big idea. Right. And his whole point was that if you lay out the strategy in which someone can do what, you know, then one, they have a credit, you have a credibility, like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yep. But then 
of course, the tactics are what matters, right? You can't have strategy without tactics and you actually can't have tactics without strategy. It's like the art of war kind of stuff, you know, very like, you know, Zen, you know, samurai warrior stuff. Um, and so I'm curious as to like the type. So I think you mentioned before that you normally or help online businesses, you know, through the coaching mm-hmm. process, what types of online businesses are, are mm-hmm. you finding that you, you help the most? Yeah, it's, um, mostly other coaches, uh, course creators and content creators that I help. So, um, I mean, this wasn't always the case. I was obviously helping a lot of people in the aesthetics industry for quite a while. Um, I've helped people with brick and mortar businesses in terms of mindset and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but now, yeah, it's, it's people that do very similar things to what I'm doing and that are creating a lot of online content in order to build an audience and then offer that audience courses, coaching programs that are going to, you know, be of interest to them. And so what what do you think would be some, let's say you're a young entrepreneur and mm-hmm. you want to do one of those types of businesses. What, yep. what would you suggest? Like, what have you seen is sort of like either what to do? I mean, so, in some cases, you know, what's funny is I see sometimes these coaches like, yeah, I'm a life coach. And I'm like, you're 30. I mean, you may have lived through some stuff, but really like, (laughs) you know, like, okay, like I'll give you the pass. But I mean, what are some of the methods that you would like suggest people do? Because these are actually really interesting and good businesses to do for people that want to get started, especially if you know something like what you did with the lash thing was just brilliant. Like, oh, hey, I'm creative. And you know what? I This is the perfect example of I found a need in the market and serve the market and it blew up. And so how would you get, how would you give like a young entrepreneur some advice on like, okay, if you want to do this type of business, this is sort of the, some of the things, this is the, this is the strategy you should imply. Don't give away your tactics because they need. No, it's okay. Well, but I do give them away all the time. (laughs) You can have it. It's fine. Um, So because I help a lot of people, uh, earlier on in their business. Now I have people that are, you know, doing six figures already and wanting to scale beyond that. But, um, I always say, look at, you know, what have you personally really created for yourself? A lot of the time when people are wanting to start a course creation, a course business or coaching business, they, a lot of people get into it for the wrong reasons. They think, oh, I'll just put something out there and make $50,000 because they see somebody on Instagram doing that. <laughs> right, um, right. Those people are never successful. But a mistake that people make and that I definitely made earlier on was trying to figure out what that market need was first. Whereas the way I teach it is the market need should come second. Your belief and conviction in how you help people and what you specifically are able to help people with needs to come first. So if I had never, um, you know, gotten my lash business to the point that it was at, or I'd never, I'd always struggled, I'd always continued to struggle with clients, make um, attracting clients, even though there was a need in the market my belief around my ability to serve that need would have wavered, right? It wouldn't have been one of confidence. The reason that that was so successful for me was because I showed up in so much conviction around how I could help people. And people can read your energy. You know, if I'm, if I'm getting in front of a live stream and saying, this is why you need to work with me on this. This is how I can help you. People are going to pick up on that, right? Your marketing will come from a different place. Your uh, just level of conviction in yourself and your confidence in yourself. So, 
you know, there was a market need that I was really able to serve, but had I not felt like the expert in that niche, people wouldn't have bought into me as the person that should help them with it. Does that make sense? So Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So what I always talk to people about is like, look at what are your personal experiences? And I actually, I don't think that age matters. I think that, you Age know, is just a number is what you're it, trying well, to say. <laughs> I, just, I mean, one of the people I've been following most recently is this 22 year old guy who's got a, an eight figure life coaching business. And mm-hmm. he is the most confident person you will ever, I mean, I'm, you know, he's not the coach for everyone, but clearly yeah. people yeah, yeah, are yeah. resonating with him. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, so I would look at like, what are the things that you personally have overcome or accomplished or created for yourself? Let's start there and then let's develop it in a way that serves an existing need so that when you show up and you start talking to people about it, it's coming from a place of belief that you're someone that can really, really help them with it. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the same. I actually, I like that approach. It's the same approach for any product. I think right doesn't even if it's a product to service a piece of software i mean a lot of the technical entrepreneurs or techies that i mentor at times they have these oh my whiz bang technology that's so awesome and it's got all this buzzword bingo and like i'm an engineer by training so i kind of understand it but it then glasses over me like whoosh right and they're clearly coming from a point of expertise and like hey this is a real problem i want to solve um but yeah, I think the attitude is has got to be there. Like, oh, you have to be confident enough to put yourself out there and show, not just tell, but show through what you've done that, hey, you know, I'm someone that you can trust. I mean, no like and trust, right? I think that's yeah. sort of the big the big mantra there. But yeah, I do absolutely. I do like that idea of don't worry about product market fit first and foremost, what do you stand for? And that's sort of your why, what, what's your big, like I say, what's your big idea? How, how internally in your, in your soul does this resonate with you? Um, yeah. And um, it's definitely not that like market fit is, is huge, but I've just seen it over and over again in people I've worked with or in my own business, which is like, there was a market need for it. And it didn't sell because the person selling it didn't oh. actually believe they were the expert. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So okay. it really, because as a course creator or coach, you are your brand, right? It's not about just a hmm. product. Hmm. Um, they are buying you, right? They're buying who you are, how much they resonate with you, how you show up, um, who they get to feel, or sorry, how they get to feel with you as their coach or mentor. Um, and so at least in this industry, finding a market need within something that you really feel confident in your ability to help people with, that's the key. Hmm. I like that. You are the brand, especially mm-hmm. in these kinds of businesses. I mean, a lot of people, yes. even, even as a entrepreneur, or business owner, let's say you're in a tech company. Like I get this all the time. Tech founder, cool tech, and they want to be a thought leader which I'm not a fan of the term, but I can't think of a better one, right? So, and then the other thing I know is what's really what's really interesting. And, and actually it's kind of funny because I, you know, I use matchmaker.fm. I think that's how we got connected together. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many coaches reach out to me and want to be on the show, like constantly. 
like I actually have to like reject a lot of them because I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I, I want, <laughs> where are all my hardware and software entrepreneurs? <laughs> well, then, then, then this is the dilemma, right? So then I think, well, I got to investigate this a little bit. This is why, you know, I, I, I talk to lots of different people. And what I've realized is that the kind of uh, business you run coaching, uh, helping people out um, courses, right. Education, you know, serving the community inherently in that you, and you just nailed it. You are the brand. So, you know, as you, and you probably tell other people like, you need to talk about your stuff yeah. as much as you humanly can get on any place that will let you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as a PR yep. professional, I say the same thing. I'm like, well, who are you? Like, Oh, it's not a big enough audience. I don't care if there's two people listening to this silly thing. You better get on there. Cause you got to practice your story, which you're really good yep. at. Right. You're, you're and you need, <laughs> I've you done need, a lot of podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah. And you have your own <laughs> podcast, right? Well, no, yeah. you have. Right. And so, but this is the thing, this is why this is so important, especially for those, entrepreneurs that don't think they need to do this. They do. Yeah. You need, and it's slimy. I know it feels bad. I hate it. Honestly, full disclosure. I really hate self-promotion. It's the worst thing in the world for me, but <laughs> big, but right. Talking to you and talking to other coaches, I've realized that the way you approach it, like, like you said, matters a lot. And the reason why people like want to work with me now, I mean, I have a podcast, obviously they, they can get to know me, which is different, right. In a different sense, but it's how you show up. It's the energy as well as, well, why, why should I trust you, Jari? Or, you know, why should I trust you, Lauren? And yes. again, and, and, and coaches get this. What is it? Is it because you are the brand and you have to do this? I mean, what, what, it, it, what could you give or what advice could you give for, those technical entrepreneurs that have a really hard time with this because I try to convince them of this all the time and they mm -hmm. don't listen to me. And it gets me frustrated because I'm like, oh, you want to be a thought leader? Well, then you got to go like share some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. I know like, oh, people got to hear who your, your voice and you got like, right. Like I can't do that for you. You know what I mean? So what, what advice would you give them? Because I do think you're, I mean, the, the more coaches I talk to, the more impressed I am about how like, they have this nailed. There's no doubt in my mind. They're like, they understand the super importance of this. Mm. And I'm trying to convince other entrepreneurs and I just can't do it. <laughs> right. Help me out. Well, please help me yeah. out. Yeah. I know it's so interesting um, because it's so like obvious for me and obviously for you as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I, I don't know if someone would maybe disagree with me on this, but I think they'd have a hard time disagreeing with me on this. Success in business is about connection. I really don't care what you're selling. It's about helping people solve problems. Like people buy things because they want a solution to a problem. It doesn't matter if you're selling a $10,000 coaching package or a bottle of shampoo. You are able to help people solve a specific problem. And, you know, creating connections, which is all about trust. I mean, I, I'm a big supporter of businesses I believe in. Like when I'm paying for a service in my business or I've bought something that really, um, like this mic, for instance, I can't tell you how many of these mics I've sold I've, or I've not, I haven't sold, but people have asked yeah. me about them because oh, yeah. I'm like, it's a fantastic mic. I have two of them. You should buy it. Even though it's like the most expensive one, like I'm constantly telling people 
about businesses and products I believe in and what's behind a business or a product that I believe in is a person that's doing it right. Right. right? right. And so it's really about connecting with people, about getting your voice out there, about getting your why out there. That's another thing I've heard. I think it's Simon Sinek or Sinek. Yeah, who says yeah, it's yeah, people don't buy what, yeah. yeah, they don't buy what you buy. They buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And so sharing that with people and you also just never know, like you said, it doesn't matter if they have an audience of two people. You don't know who those two people are. One of them could be someone ready to invest in a tech startup and give you a million dollars. Like, who knows? Right. But if you never put yourself out there, then those people can't find you. That to me is what marketing is really about. I mean, I'm strategic in terms of how I talk about myself and my offers and to my people and the copy that I write. But the way that I see it is just this bridge between myself and the people who are already looking for what I have to offer. Right. But they can't find me if I'm not going to open my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I also have had the experience in my business where the same people buy repeatedly. Right, um, right. and so I know that that's from trust. They had a good experience at first. They had a good experience with something that I gave away for free. Then they had a good experience with something that they, I sold for a certain amount of money. And when someone has a good experience buying something or even just investing their time, they're going to want to do that more often. And they're even going to want to tell other people about it. Right. And that's oh, all yeah. like, it's yeah. all about just genuinely caring about connecting with people, about serving them, about building that trust. I really don't care what you're selling or what you're doing. It's about connection. Yeah, I I, I agree. I like I l- I really like that idea of getting your why out there. Like, and you're right. Like, you yeah, open your mouth to do that. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> well, like when I was um, building my lash business, you know, it was just eyelash extensions, but it, what I connected my, I had so many, I got to the point pretty early on where I just stopped promoting myself altogether because I had so many people who were committed clients who sent me all of their friends and family. And it wasn't just me showing up and saying, Hey, I can do lashes. It was me saying, I had an idea for this business and I thought that I would just dabble around it. And and now it's completely changed my life. And now I'm helping other people with their businesses and this is where I'm going and this is what I'm creating. And all of that is because you, my client believed in me. Like I connected people with my why. Right. And so people are desperate to be a part of something, you know? Um, And so if you can share your story, share yourself, they get to feel like they are a part of something. Um, it was really interesting this morning. I did a training and this is the first training I've ever done where it was exclusively people who are, were just through Facebook ads. They've never, they haven't been following me for a while. They've never watched another one of my trainings before. And I couldn't believe the difference in the engagement that I usually have when I'm showing up in front of people. Some of them have spent hours and hours and hours listening to me talk in my content And they're the people that are cheering me on. They're the people that are in the comments asking questions and talking about how much they love me and getting the energy behind it. And so it was this really interesting thing where I got in front of a whole bunch of people who don't know me and they were so much quieter, almost silent, actually. which that's fine that they're going to over the next three days of this training, I'm going to win them over and they'll become (laughs) those that warm audience. But the way that I do that is I show up and share myself and I gain that trust. And now they want to continue investing in my business, you know, in whatever way suits them and their goals. Yeah, totally. No, no. I think, I think I'm so glad you brought up the sort of the, the ad type 
um, channel for getting mm-hmm. business. Cause a lot of, again, a lot of the, the technical entrepreneurs that I mentor and even work with think that the, the ad, the digital ad panacea, like, Oh yeah, of course, we're just going to throw a bunch of money at digital ads. And I mean, if you look at the numbers, 40% roughly of venture capital money goes to digital ads. <laughs> so you're mm, like, it's wow. a lot of money, yeah. right? It's a huge amount of money. And what's so fascinating is that your experience with, you had essentially cold people come in, not knowing who you are. Yeah. And you got that like experience of, gosh, they're just not, it doesn't feel like they're connected and engaged. And yes. this is a super important point, which I'm so glad you brought up because this, I've never been able to articulate it uh, like you did. The, the point of marketing and PR and communications and being a quote unquote thought leader is so people can get to know you, then they get to like you, and then they get to trust you. Okay. Yes. And through that connection and that trust is when they, okay, do you want to do business with me or not? Now, the whole one of the reasons I do this podcast, other than to educate and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs, which I finally found after like a year of doing it, I'm like, oh, I need to do this, right? I've got, yeah. I know some stuff, right? And maybe eventually it'll be a class or whatever. But, but first and foremost, serving the community, learning more. I mean, you know, I've been doing it for 25 years. I know some stuff, but then I don't know everything, right? I don't. Just I know I don't. That's the one thing I can say for certainty. I don't know everything, but having these conversations and when people hear my voice. They say, you know, hey, you sound like a nice guy. I, I get this all the time. They're like, wow, you sound just like you sound on the podcast. And I'm right. like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, uh, but but again, like the this is the powerful thing. And and yeah. and I do not know why I can't get technical entrepreneurs to understand this. Hmm. You are the company and you're yeah. not the company, right? You are you. They will want to know who you are. You are not the entire thing, you're not ever, you know, like your whole identity is not wrapped up in the company, but like to your point, they want to build a relationship with a person. And yes. that was a great example of, I didn't build a relationship with them and they came in flat and they were flat. You're like, Oh, and that's what building the relationship is, you exactly. know, over in right. the next training, those people are going to be the ones speaking up. And right. I just understand that. Right. Um, but actually, you know what? that brings to mind for me is clubhouse. I don't know if you use clubhouse. Um, yeah, I got really into it for a short period of time and then kind of fell away from it like a few months ago. But, um, there's two guys that created clubhouse and it exploded. Like it, I mean, it was sort of building, building, building last year. And then in like February or something, just all of a sudden, every, everywhere I looked, people were talking about clubhouse. It's where everyone wanted to be. Everyone was desperate to get invitations to join mm-hmm. it. Da, 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 da. And the number of um, rooms I was in or conversations I was in about the creators of Clubhouse and their story and what they were committed to, it was everywhere. It was what everybody was talking about. Everyone felt like they were a part of something mm-hmm. that was taking off. And the the guys regularly, it was two men who started it, regularly showed up and hosted their own rooms and talked about what they were creating and talked about where the vision had come from. Mm -hmm. And then I would hear that pieces of that conversation just throughout the rest of the app, people talking about it. Right. So everyone felt like they were a part of something and it, it did like, it got like a billion dollar, um, yeah, yeah. valuation. Thank you. Um, you know, pretty early on, which was like, unheard of. Well, they, they got like a hundred million bucks before they had any, I mean, it was literally the hype train. I'm, right. I think, I think it was, 
and Dreesen Horowitz to put money in. I, I got to check, but I remember they got like a hundred million bucks and they right. didn't, they, they, that was like the first round or some crazy, insane. I mean, that's like back in the 1990, 98, 99 kind of crazy money where, Oh, right. here's my 14 point PowerPoint slide deck. Okay. Yeah. Here's $10 million. Go build it in anything. Internet, <laughs> put internet in there and it was done the same thing. <laughs> but, but I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Cause like now I, I, I don't know what, how they're going to, how it's going to pan out for them because now they've yeah. got, you know, everyone's following the bandwagon, right? Yeah. And obviously there's other things working for them as well, but that was just something I was so aware of was like, they were just these two guys that were up to something big and they had a big vision and they were sharing that Mm -hmm. and everyone knew who they were. And, you know, I think that that was, that played a big role in it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sharing your story. Yep. I don't think a lot of tech founders really do that well for whatever reason they've, I, and I honestly, I think it's because they're uncomfortable. Um, you right. Know, you get into, they don't tech- want to be in the camera. Yeah. Oh, and you know, you self-select into technology because right. like, I can right. just code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, you know, when I was doing that sort of stuff, they judged you on your technical prowess. They really didn't judge you on your communication skills. Cause frankly, they didn't teach they don't teach you communication skills in engineering school. They literally teach, there's one class it's called uh, technical writing and <laughs> your whole, t- you have to take English and all that, but like, that's it. That's all. They, they never, right. they never touch at a pitch, which is one thing I found as an entrepreneur, pit the, the art of the pitch, just the most powerful thing. And I think right. it's to your point about, well, tell me what you're doing. Like open your mouth and share your why. Like, yeah. uh, and, and I think you have to, I think the other powerful thing is you actually have to hear people hearing and seeing people is better than the written word. Of course you have to have the written word, but there's something about voice. There really is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you found this too. Like when you're giving a a talk, you're like training. Like I can, I can tell like when the person that's given the training is just like not into it and or rushing through it or nervous. And you get this again with, a technical founder that ha- wants that that's literally like I'm glad I got through that as opposed to I love this enjoy the ride right yeah, so so yeah. I, I mean so how how do you enjoy I mean I think from your personality is probably easy but I want to hear it from you how do you enjoy giving the you know sharing and giving these classes I mean you have a podcast so maybe that's part of it but what are some tips on actually how to enjoy the process Well, it's funny you say my personality because I get this question all the time of like, well, what if I'm just not good at being, you know, visible and online and you are, and I always send them back. I I was, uh, when I was in Australia, I started a YouTube channel, which never, I mean, it gained, I don't know, 10 or 15,000 people at its height. And then I kind of lost interest, but my earlier videos were the most awkward thing you've ever seen. I was so uncomfortable. I was <laughs> okay. We need, we need a link to this. We definitely need, you need to share a link with this. The, I can can you send share, you. Yeah. I need um, that link. And then I also need the <laughs> microphone recommendation a little later on. So, <laughs> um, but there are so, I literally have the, one of the first ones added into one of my programs so I can show people like, Hey, I was a hot mess and I was willing to show up anyways. And it was uncomfortable. And it's, I still tell people like, I'm fairly introverted. I have whole days where I don't 
want to be on camera. And, and I do honor that, you know, cause there's other days where I'm very visible. Um, but it's something that you become because you want the success and you want the freedom badly enough, right? Like it wasn't part of my personality. I didn't, I still like don't love being on camera, but I know that the version of me who has a million dollar online business, she's on camera. So I started showing up that way long ago. And now it's something that I have a lot of confidence in that I feel comfort, mostly I still get nervous. Like I still get nervous going live and stuff like that. I think that's the other thing people think is like, Oh, it's just easy for that person. It's like, no, they just, (laughs) they feel the fear and they decide to do it anyways. That's that's, it. That's that's the art right there. (laughs) That's it. But then like confidence comes from competence and confidence comes from repeatedly doing something that you're not, yeah, it's just through practice. So I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. That's why I have a relationship with my ability to, communicate effectively, communicate my ideas effectively. Um, I've had everything that could go wrong, you know, has gone wrong and I've overcome it. And so it's just been through a decision, like I'm going to become this person, you know, who gets visible. And it's not that you have to live your whole life on social media or anything like that, but you can become any version of yourself you decide to, but it, it's not comfortable. Most people would rather stay in their comfort zone and hopefully make tons of money. <laughs> um, good, good luck. <laughs> well, no, I mean, in some, in some, you know, in some cases it depends on there, what you yeah. do. Like in you, some cases. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to be like a skilled brain surgeon where you never have to get, you know, like, okay, you can do that. But like, if you want to be entrepreneurs, an, yeah. yeah. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I think, I think we will both agree that you have to have a level of communication and public speaking and strategic yeah. communications. You just have to be comfortable with people, especially if you want to be, you know, Elon Musk or one of these other guys. Like I always love him as an example because Tesla doesn't do any advertising. It's literally driven by word of mouth, like to your point, right? People get to know it and all of their friends are like, this is the best car. You got to have this car. I mean, I, I do that with, to your point as well. Yeah, I do that with all sorts of products that I love. I literally cannot stop talking about this tool called Respana that I use for my outreach, for my PR business, PR market business. I go, I love this tool. I, Farzad had him on the podcast. Love him. Doing great work. Like I love, I've, I must have it, more than a, probably a dozen people. I've been like, you just got to try this tool. It's awesome. Like he doesn't pay me for that yeah. because I don't care. Like I just want to share something I find useful. Same yeah. with podcast or whatever, right? Because I think it's that word of mouth, that advocacy, that a good story and a good communicator, that's like Elon Musk. He's, he, you know, he's even an awkward kind of guy, but his communication style is one, he's irreverent, right? Doesn't care. Like, yeah, whatever. This is what I'm up to. Yeah. But people listen to him because he's like authentic and real. And he's like, yeah. he's, he's showing up as his true self. Yes. Which a lot of times is hard for, again, technical entrepreneurs specifically to like, Oh, why do I have to talk to people? Why do I have to go on this interview? I'm too busy coding. I mean, I get this all the time, especially from CEOs. Oh, I'm too busy with the technology. I'm like, look, your job is to promote this stupid thing. Like no one cares. No one cares. No one cares about Um, your dumb product. Right? Like no one. Yeah. If you don't care and show up like, so, you know, again, uh, I love, I love these little, these little tidbits of advice because I'm with you. I I still get nervous being on a podcast. Like you and I, this is the first time we've ever met. I Mm -hmm. of course did a little research on you, but like, I don't know you from Adam or Eve or whoever, (laughs) and it's nerve wracking. And I'm a, I'm a highly functional introvert. So for me, 
I do this to practice talking to people. Yes. It sounds a little weird, but it's like, no, I'm the exact same way. I like, I've never actually heard that high functioning introvert. Cause that's definitely what I am. And people are, they're always surprised when you tell them that, right. They're like, yeah. what? Oh, You're totally. introverted. Yeah, I'm like, totally. I would happily just, you know, lay around in my PJs all day and never have to show my face. If that, I also really enjoy connecting with people and, you know, it, I kind of feel like there's just two parts of me and sometimes, you know, there's CEO, Lauren with the lipstick and the, you know, ready to show up. And, but she just, she's just like a tool. I step into her when I need to <laughs> the rest of the time, yeah. you know, and it, just... you know, and no, I agree. And it's part of you, who you are. Like it's, it's you. definitely, yeah. It's just like the, the way that it always comes to me is like, what gets you energy? So extroverted yeah. people, energy through other interactions, introverted people like alone exactly. and contemplation. So that's me. Like I, yeah. I, I, Actually, it's funny. I'm a lot more comfortable talking to random people. I mean, I'll like, I'm an open book, but friends and family, when it's a little more intimate and the stakes are a little higher, I have mm-hmm. a hard time communicating. And, and if you were to listen to me talk about you, you're like, wow, you can talk to random people like all day, <laughs> but, right. but that's part of the highly functional introverted thing because it's, I'm uncomfortable. And so I tend to you know do that. And I think, but I use that. And I think to your point about how you show up and how you want to be, especially when you're like being of service to a community and switching the mindset, which I'm glad you brought up about, yeah, you know, you're going to have to do this, even if you don't want to, you know what, sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. You want to be an entrepreneur, want to be successful, suck it up, you know? And I, I, I mean, I hate to say it that way because it's a little bit cliche and a little crass, but buck up, buttercup. Make oh, I happen. say that all the all the time to my clients, you know, <laughs> yeah. with love, yeah. get over yourself. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes from, this is the other thing, right? The, it comes from a place of love and compassion. It comes from a place of, you know, holding people to what they're actually capable. Everybody listening is that's capable true. of yeah. mastering the things that right now you're terrified about and think you'll never be able to do. Like you're capable, but me showing up as your coach or even a podcast host and saying, oh yeah, don't worry. You don't have to do that. Like that's not <laughs> serving you. Me letting you sell out on yourself. I would be a, and I did more of that earlier on in my business where I just really wanted people to like me as their coach. hundred percent. But that's 100%. not what they're actually paying me for. It's me saying, look, you can freaking do this. No, you're not going to pre-record that, that training. Do it live. Connect with people. Live. You can, And once you do it once, you'll be able to do it again. And they're always so grateful in the end. So be willing to get really uncomfortable, especially those first few times. And then you'll just be like, hey, I can do this. No big deal. And if you like, it really is worth the payoff as an like entrepreneurship is definitely not for everyone. And there's days when I feel like a crazy person because it's, you know, it is difficult, but man is the payoff big in terms of just how much satisfaction and freedom I have in my day to day that I wish everybody could experience who wants it. Oh yeah. If, if you want freedom, (laughs) if you want to build, and this was Jason Cohen, this guy like way back in the day. And he, he did this blog called the smart bear. He's, He's the CTO of WP Engine, if anyone knows who he is. But he, him and I used to be on this thing called uh, Answers on Startups. It was this thing about, you know, being um, an entrepreneur. And it was the guy that actually founded it was the guy, the CTO of HubSpot, this guy, Gar- Garmesh. I think I say his name right. I always forget. But I always steal Jason's line because 
I asked him, I was interviewing him for my book. This, this podcast is based on the book. And I said, so what's an entrepreneur to you? And, you know, he's on the phone, he lives in Austin, he's like driving his kids around and, you know, and he's just like, well, to me, you want to be an entrepreneur because you want to build an independent life that completes you. And I'm like, mm. gosh, I'm going to steal that line. And that was, <laughs> you know, 20, I interviewed him, I think in 2016. Um, and it just always stuck with me. Like, if that is what you want to do, then this is the, this is the vocation for you. Because yeah. to your point about being an artist and st starving artist, as an example, like I get this all the time too, you know, people think business is yucky. So technical people and artistic people are like, I just want to do my art, man. Like I don't, the money, you know, I'm not into that. I'm like, well, okay. You could say that. I, I don't I'm, believe you. I don't, well, I believe you to a point. <laughs> I believe you to the point when you're not starving, then yeah. okay. But if you're starving, like, Get a job to feed yourself. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, like I write books, right? I love writing. Yeah. I've written six. I'm working on my seventh. I've got another eighth idea. Like I don't make money from writing books because I'm not that kind of author. Like I do the art because I love the art, right? Yeah. And I love to write. And I same with the, with all the stuff. But like if I could not feed myself writing books, so therefore I have to get a job to support my <laughs> art, right? I mean, but when you find as an entrepreneur, like I said, we're the creatives of the business world. But when you find the, the intersection, like I think you have, right? Your art yeah. and your business, when they meld, I mean, that's beautiful. Like that's, that's what yeah. we all want, right? And so uh, it's just fascinating because again, like I always struggle to try to make the point about what you're talking about communication, be out there, be of service to these technical entrepreneurs. And they just, I get frustrated and I have to find a better way. Like, and I'm working on it. Right. But mm -hmm. it, it just, it shocks me that this wouldn't be part of like your daily existence. I mean, you know, I do this podcast to practice this and I spend, you know, I do two episodes a week. I don't know how many you do in your pocket, but like it's, it's part fun, of your, yeah. yeah, it's part of your practice to, People need to get to know me. They need to, yep. they need to like me and then they need to trust me. Right. So powerful. Yes. So powerful. So what, uh, what sort of advice would you give kind of that next generation of entrepreneur that's uh, coming up? Wow. So man, I mean, I have full <laughs> bodies of work. <laughs> Well, we'll, just we'll, put, yeah. we'll put links to the in the show notes <laughs> yeah. to all your stuff, because I think it's um, great that you like to share things. So, yeah. I often get the question of like, how did you have sort of the courage to go from your career into what you're doing? And for me, it was, there were some big moves that I made, but for the most part, it was just a willingness to explore. Like mm. I wasn't like sitting in my parents' living room trying to find teaching work, you know, considering building a lash business being like, like I'm going to go full time in lashes and then I'm going to leave the teaching thing behind forever, which at that point I had a lot invested in. Um, it wasn't, it was like, I'm just going to try this because it feels exciting to me right now. That's always been what it, the next step was just the thing that felt kind of exciting to me, you know? And so I think we just take life way too seriously and we're not even willing to try something if, if we think there's a possibility it could fail, which like, it's just crazy. Like, let's all safely get to our graves without taking any real risks. Like, <laughs> bizarre. Like, nobody ends up a lot. Nobody makes it out alive. So, yeah, might as well, exactly. you know, yeah. just explore. So that's what I would say. It's like, 
just take the next step that feels exciting that, you know, has some possibility into it, in it and be willing just to explore a little bit because that's where, you know, my life has changed significantly in a short period of time. And it was, I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even think that was available to me. Um, I was full of limiting beliefs and now I have a multiple six figure business. Um, and because I was just willing to be playful about life and that's Mm. really it. Playful about life. Wow. What a great, uh, what a great quote, Lauren, appreciate your time. This has just been awesome to really dig into this sort of stuff and appreciate all you do. Thanks again for being on the show and stay safe and uh, yeah, keep pushing the envelope. And uh, (laughs) oh, before we go, Mike, what's the Mike recommendation? Oh, it's the sure it's S H U R E. And then I think it's like four, five, seven, it's an M four, five, seven, or some combination of those numbers, but it's like the best of the best. <laughs> you can, it's the one that all the fancy, you know, recording studios have. And I went through a period a year ago where I was like, I only deserve the best, but it really, um, <laughs> it really sounds it really, really good. Is. Actually, it, it is. Really and I don't even have, I have a pretty like echoey apartment. Um, but yeah, I just got it off Amazon, but you can get it in any kind of like music supply store. Awesome. Awesome. I'll yeah. check it out. Cause I use a blue Yeti, which is. Oh yeah. Old. I used to have one of those. Yeah, um, pretty good, but. I know it sounds surprisingly good actually, but, um, yeah, these ones, if you're looking, I figured I'm only going to upgrade once. I'm going to keep these mics for as long as they'll last me, which I anticipate being quite a long time. So worth the investment. Awesome. Thanks again. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. And thanks to your listeners for, uh, welcoming me on. Thanks Lauren for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Now, as promised here are some actionable insights that I learned from Lauren. Whatever your business, it's important that you get comfortable telling your story. Everyone needs to start somewhere. Lauren laughs about her early attempts at YouTube videos, but understands it was the beginning that brought her to where she is now. Be the person you need to be, even if it means breaking out of your comfort zone. This can sometimes be hard. I know I've done it, <laughs> tried to do it a lot of times, and sometimes I just... Uh, it's some things I just don't want to do, but you got to break out of your comfort zone. Be willing to explore and try something out. Ask what's the next step that feels exciting and have the courage to just go take it. Sometimes you just got to do it. You know, you're never going to have perfect information. So start, make it happen. Apply what you know to a different industry or sector. Business is business is basically business, but how you approach it can also be innovative. So there's a lot of things that are just pretty much ubiquitous around you know any kind of business. And if you see these sort of similarities, you can maybe cross over into different ways of doing things. And that can also be very innovative and maybe not as scary. So there you go. Actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Lauren. As always, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits 
values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.